welcome or welcome back to and everything in between. I'm your host, Mela. I actually recorded like a minute 30 of this episode and then my dog started barking so then I had to go take him out. So now I'm back and recording this for the second time. But what I was saying before, before I got interrupted, is that I took my ACT yesterday and so today I am going to Ulta after recording this episode because when I do something difficult like taking one of those standardized tests or doing an AP exam or just having a really hard quarter, semester, whatever, I always just go and buy something as a reward and it's not like I'm like, okay, time to spend $500, but just like something, a little something just to keep me going and I feel like it works. It's like retail therapy, but it's not like every inconvenience. It's like when I do something good as a reward to myself, like that positive reinforcement, I go and buy something. So I'm going to Ulta just to get a few things that I needed. So I'm very excited about that. But I would recommend if you just have trouble motivating yourself, doing something like that, some positive reinforcement, like maybe you will get to go out to your favorite restaurant or buy something you've been eyeing for a while, but it's only after you've done something to make it feel like you really deserve it, you know? So I feel like that's a really positive way to keep yourself moving, keep yourself motivated. But another thing that I know I mentioned in my last episode, but it's just so prevalent that I have to mention it again, is sunny sunny weather and its effect on my mood. I feel such a good mood today and I'm literally wearing like a yellow sweater. Like I don't wear bright colors in winter because I just don't feel happy in the winter. Like that's, it honestly reflects through my clothing, my mood. And I'm just in such a good mood. The sun's out. Like I just feel so much lighter and happier. And I don't know if I can live somewhere that has seven month long winters. Like that's too much for me. Like It has only been winter here for, like, what? It's been cold for three months, three and a half months, but I'm over it. I'm done. I want summer. I want warmth. I want to be able to wear shorts again. I'm just so done with this. But anyways, not to be really depressing, another random thing that I was just thinking about that I was like, why don't I just talk about this in the next episode just for a little bit before we dive into the main subject of today's episode. But something I've been thinking about is why as a society is it so normal to make small talk? Why is that like the expectation? Because I don't think anyone likes small talk yet out of respect, out of just wanting to be a polite person, we continue to make small talk, whether it's with our doctors, with our um, with whether it's with our restaurant workers, we just continue to make small talk with our neighbors, with even our friends that we're not really friends with. Like, why do we do that? Let's just skip the small talk. I hate making small talk so much, and this may make me seem like a rude person, but when someone asks, you know, how are you? I'm like, good, and I don't say how are you back because they're just gonna say good, and you know they don't want to be asked that question, you know they don't, they're not actually going to share how they're actually doing. So, why go through the formality of doing it all? Why just not skip it? 
So I'm over small talk and I feel like everyone hates it. So like, why do we continue to do it? I will forever wonder this. Like, why can't it just be the norm to just not make small talk, to just come to your place that you are ordering food at and get your food without having to go through this ordeal of small talk? Just waste time and no one likes it. The next thing I want to say, this random thought, is complimenting people, specifically complimenting strangers. Why are we scared to compliment people? Like, why do we rave to our friends about, oh my god, this person has such pretty hair, but we don't tell the person person directly? I feel like a lot of this fear of complimenting others comes from social anxiety. You know, what if it's awkward? What if they don't take the compliment as intended, although I'm not sure how that would be the case. But I feel like another thing that we need to do is just start complimenting people. I remember I was working and this woman had the most delicious perfume on. Like, I was sniffing the air. I was fully sniffing the air. I was like, I know it's not my coworker because my coworker was a boy. I was like, no offense, but I like 99% positive he wasn't the one who smelled so good. So I'm like sniffing the air. I'm like, I think it's this woman who is waiting to be served. So I was like, excuse me, but are you wearing perfume? And she was like, yes. And I said, oh my God, it smells so good. I was sniffing the air. I told her I was sniffing the air and I was wondering what smelled so good. And I can tell it just made her whole night. Like, why don't we do that more often? Like, why not? There's no reason not to compliment people to their faces. And I remember this girl, this also happened recently, this girl told my friend that she, what did she say? Oh, she thought I had the clean girl aesthetic, um, which is just like this aesthetic kind of on social media, but just basically means you look like you smell good, you know, you look like you're put together, you just look like a very clean person. And you know, she told my friend and my friend told me, I was like, wow, like that made me feel so good about myself. Why not tell each other that directly? Why not just compliment anyone you see? It makes their day. It makes you feel good about yourself for being a good person. I just feel like we just need to break out of this anxiety, you know, maybe even I'm too good to compliment others or I'm too scared to do it. Just do it because it's going to make both parties feel good. So that's what I've been thinking about recently. Um, Yeah, so let's get into the subject of today's episode, which is influencer culture. And this episode is going to be very interesting, although if you are not on social media, it may be a little bit unrelatable or you just may not be able to think of examples when I'm talking, but Nonetheless, it will make for a very interesting episode, and I'm very excited to talk about this. I've been wanting to make this episode for a while, but I was just looking for everything I could say because I didn't want to leave any pieces out. I wanted to word everything in the best possible way, so I think I finally got a great outline for this episode, and I'm super excited to talk about it with you guys. First of all, what are influencers? If you're not on social media, specifically TikTok, you may not know what influencer what influencers are, who they are. And influencers are people who get paid by brands to 
post videos with their products and speak highly of their products or they are just people who make videos of their lives and this could be related to any aspect of their lives or their overall life. It could be their academic life, it could be their social life, it could be their work life, it could just be hobbies they have like makeup or cooking or knitting. I mean, being an influencer is a very broad term, but when you think of influencers, I think we all have this kind of stereotypical image of this like LA girl, usually in her 20s, just moved to LA, and we tend to think of influencers, at least most people, tend to think of these influencers with like millions of followers as a little bit out of touch. And that's something I'm also going to talk about later in this episode because I feel like while that can be true, it also is a little bit exaggerated. So I definitely want to explore that. But that's what the gist of being an influencer is. You make videos, you produce content, they're also called content creators, and it's over whatever you want it to be about. You can make videos about fashion, you can make videos about literally anything. So that's what an influencer is. Obviously, being an influencer has a lot of appeal. And I feel like if you've been on social media, the first real influencer on TikTok that I feel like everyone thinks of that wasn't really on Musical.ly before. Musical.ly was kind of like TikTok and then it switched to TikTok and now TikTok is the the dominant social media app. But people who are just on TikTok, I feel like we're all thinking of Charlie D'Amelio and not we're all, just I said we're all thinking of that, it's probably only me, but I'm thinking of Charlie D'Amelio and if you don't know who she is, she was about 15 and she just started making videos on TikTok and they got millions of likes and millions of views, each one of her videos and she's probably the most successful influencer today that there is. You know, she's gotten a lot of opportunities out of that, like modeling jobs. I think her family has a TV show. So being an influencer, if you get to that extent of fame, obviously has amazing benefits. You basically become a celebrity almost just from making videos. So when we think of celebrities, we normally think of singers, actors, and actresses. We don't really think of influencers, but influencers are starting to work their way up Not to, like, A-list celebrity level, but they're definitely starting to work their way up to their name being out there. When you say their name, people, especially of the Gen Z generation, will know of them, they'll know why they're famous, and they'll know who they are. So, that's definitely an appeal, that quick rise to fame. There's also the get-rich-quick method. I feel like the number one motivator for being an influencer besides fame is definitely this you make a lot of money you make it quick and you make it fairly easily and obviously this is really appealing i mean i feel like everyone wants to have a job that makes them a lot of money that they don't have to do a lot of work for or it doesn't it's not hard work is what i should have said but That also can come with consequences, and I'll talk about that in a few minutes. But that fame that you get, the money that you get, it feels nice. And, you know, you have influencers who, when they become really big influencers, I mean, they are making 
I don't know how much money they're making, hundreds of thousands of dollars a year. I mean, they're making the same amount of money that a high-paying doctor or a lawyer is making. So that's definitely a pro to being an influencer and part of that appeal. But what no one talks about really is only a very few influencers actually get to that level. You know, you have a lot of influencers that are making money, but it may not be a livable income or they're making like the very bottom of a livable income. And I don't know how much like all these influencers are making, but I can make a guess because I see these big influencers that have like 10 million followers. They're moving into a new house, a really nice house. I'm like, okay, so they came into that money from this influencing career. And if influencing is their only job, they're obviously making enough money to support themselves. So that's fairly obvious. And you can just tell by the lifestyle they live in their videos if they're going on vacations fairly often, if they're staying at five-star resorts, unless a brand is taking them with them because there are brand deals where the brand will take the influencer with them and then in exchange the influencer will either post videos of their products or just talk about the trip to spread to spread a bit information a bit more information about the brand or just spread awareness about the brand get the brand's name out there but if they're going to these resorts on their own time with their own money i mean that's a pretty strong indicator they're making a livable fairly livable income off of being an influencer i remember I saw a video of one influencer, she said that she made $50,000 from being an influencer that year, and or maybe it was a range of forty to 50000 and she had like a million followers. So I know a million followers seems like a lot, but there are influencers out there who have 5 million, 10 million, 15 million followers. So a million followers is actually not a huge amount. It is a huge amount, but it's also not compared to other people who have like double and triple that time, that amount of followers. But, you know, a million followers, $50,000 a year, that's a livable income. It may be on the lower spectrum of a livable income, but it is definitely like pretty much the average income for an adult living in the US. So that's really interesting to think about. Another appeal of being an influencer, you know, they get to travel. I was talking about those brand trips where brands will take the influencers with them on a vacation. And these vacations, they are not to mediocre places. I mean, if you are on TikTok, there's a brand, a cosmetic brand called Tarte, and they took like 10 people, 10 women on a trip to Dubai, and they stayed in like a really nice place. So that's got to be costing them money. I know there's other brands like L'Oreal, Fenty Beauty. A lot of these are usually cosmetic brands who are taking them to these amazing hotels in New York City and New Orleans. These just really nice cities and really nice hotels, taking them to dinners, taking them to private events that are all paid for. So that's definitely an appeal, those vacations. You get free stuff. I feel like getting free stuff is definitely the number one appeal of being an influencer. Like, everyone wants to get these boxes mailed to them 
that they didn't pay for. It's like Christmas morning every morning. Every day is Christmas. And I know, like, I'm not gonna lie, I had a little era, my little influencer era. I was like, oh, I want to be an influencer. Like, maybe not. I don't want to be an influencer that has, like, millions of followers, but just an influencer, even if you have, like, 10,000 followers on TikTok, brands will send you free stuff. So, I remember I really wanted to get free stuff because, like, who doesn't? Let's not try to pretend to be, like, we're really simple. We don't want free things. Everyone wants free things. Everyone wants free food, free cosmetic items, free clothes. We all want that. So, that's probably the main appeal of being an influencer. Also, just making videos about your actual interests while earning money. It's that added benefit of earning money while doing things you love that really makes being an influencer that much more appealing than other jobs. Like, a regular job, you're making money, but are you doing all of the things you really love? Most likely not. But being an influencer, you are doing your hobbies, your actual interests, you're living your life and you're making money off of living your life. So that's probably another main appeal to being an influencer. It's like you're just doing your normal routines and you're making money off of it. That's the simplest way I can summarize that last point. But I feel like it's obvious when you have influencers who don't love what they're doing and they're doing it for the money. So I feel like if you want to be that successful influencer, you have to love what you're doing. Because if you don't have the money, like you can't just stop doing all your hobbies. You really just have to love it. And your passion has to show through the screen. Moving into cons of being an influencer. Those are definitely the pros. And now you've listened to it and you're like, okay, well, why wasn't I born in a time when I had a cell phone, I could upload a video of myself, or why didn't I start doing that before everyone did? Why couldn't I be the first? But there are a lot of cons to being an influencer, and I feel like the number one thing that even a lot of influencers don't realize or they don't fully understand is it's not a stable plan. Nothing is a guarantee when you're an influencer. Every time that you upload a video, every time you do something, it is a risk. You know, you never know when you are going to stop gaining public attention, public support. You never know when your videos will stop getting views and you'll earn less money. That can change overnight. And another thing I've noticed about being an influencer is it is mostly young women. I mean, you have some men, but it's mostly young women. It's a female-dominated field, I would say. And it's mostly women in their late teens, 20s, and early 30s. If you are on social media, specifically TikTok, think of influencers you know that have a lot of attention that make their income off of being an influencer. Do you know any older influencers? And when I say older, I'm not like 80 years old. I mean older as in middle age, 40s, 50s, 60s. Because I'm thinking of no influencers at that age. And sure, there's people that have a large following, but not to the extent where they appeal to everyone and they're going on brand deal trips and they have millions of followers. 
Those are all young women. So that's really scary. It's only a plan, even if you're really successful, I feel like it's only a plan for your 20s and your 30s. And then after that, and you know, I don't really think there's going to be an influencer that's going to last 20 years. I mean, if you're still being an influencer after 20 years and you haven't like started your own company or started your own brand or moved on to bigger things, I'm just kind of wondering what you're doing. Like, not to sound rude or anything, but I just don't see influencers lasting that long. So that's another thing to think about. It's just a very unstable plan. Also, another thing that we don't really fully comprehend are hate comments. Getting hate comments from strangers on the internet is literally, it feels like a punch in the gut. Even though it's not like your actual friends, like I feel like if your friend said something really mean, it's like, oh, wow, they stabbed me in the back. But it's like hate comments from strangers. They're still, they still have that same negative effect. They still make you feel the same terrible way about yourself. And I see these hate comments on influencers' comment sections, and I'm like, how are they still making videos? It takes a lot of resilience to keep going, even though a lot of people are judging you, especially when they're judging you for things you can't control, like your appearance, or the way you talk, or the way you do anything, because people on the internet judge you for anything. I don't know how people get on with that. Also, another thing about being an influencer is cancel culture. And cancel culture is a whole nother subject in itself that I could probably make a whole episode about. But basically, cancel culture is when, you know, someone will say one thing and their whole career will come tumbling down. Or they'll do one thing, their whole career being an influencer, doing whatever goes tumbling down. And obviously, some of the things that people get canceled for, cancels like the verb for it, some of the things people get canceled for are extremely justifiable. Like saying racial, saying racial slurs, there's no exception to that. You know, that's just not okay. Discrimination, not okay. But I've seen people get canceled for things like, I don't know, just saying, just saying things that you would say to your friends when you're having a conversation with them. Like, oh, this math test is so hard, I'm gonna kill myself. Like, that's not a good thing to say, but when you're with your friends, it's not like the world is gonna end when you say that. But I've seen people get canceled for something so silly like that. Like, the most silly thing that everyone says to their friends or talks about with their friends. Like, I always say, me and my friends always say that we would be canceled if we were influencers because we can't maintain that perfect image. You know, no one is perfect. And there's another specific thing I'm talking about right now. This beauty influencer made this video where a brand, it was a brand partnership. So the brand sent her this mascara and she had to put it on and review it, but she like put on fake eyelashes or something and was telling people that this was the mascara, even though the mascara wasn't that wasn't the mascara, it was fake eyelashes, and I just seen her get bashed. Like, people online are trying to end 
this woman's career because of a mascara review. That is cancel culture in a nutshell. Cancel culture is the most silly, minuscule things that your whole career can end over. And she was getting hate comments for it too, like getting bullied. Like, that's not okay. But people on the internet, you know, they don't know the line. And being an influencer, you really just have to be like the most perfect person if you don't want to get canceled. Like, you can't talk about anything slightly controversial. You can't give your opinions because you will get canceled. And that is something in itself. But that's like terrifying to me. Like, oops, I just accidentally, oops, I did it again. I just shook my microphone a little bit. But that's terrifying to me. Like, imagine waking up and you have like thousands of hate comments because of something you said in a mascara review or like your mascara review. Like, that's terrifying. Like, your whole career could end because of something as silly as a mascara review. So that's definitely another con to being an influencer. Also, this is something that no one talks about. Like, well, not no one, but pretty much like 99% of people gloss over this. They don't even worry about it. But if you're an influencer, there is such a lack of privacy that comes with that. You know, you're posting videos of your house. You're posting videos of where you live. You're posting videos of the gym you go to at a set time, at a set date every single week. And, you know, you may think, okay, what's the harm in that? It's not like I'm literally taking a photograph of my address. But in a way, it's almost as bad. It is just as bad. I feel like people don't understand this digital footprint. You know, digital footprint is don't say bad things online, don't post bad things online, but it's also don't post personal information online because anyone can find you. Like, I bet the influencers I follow, just watching their videos every day, gathering information about them, I can find out the general vicinity in which they live. And that's why on my podcast too, I'm very, very hesitant to say anything about, you know, where I go to school, where I live, what area I live in. I'm, like, very vague. Even when I'm talking about a vacation I'm going to, I don't mention the place until after I've traveled there because it's just really, really scary. There are crazy people on the internet, and when you're posting those videos, it is so easy for someone to find out your schedule and find out where you go, and if the wrong person finds the information out, you know, that could put you at serious risk. And I've seen videos of influencers having to move locations or people like grabbing them in the street, like recognizing them, but not respecting their privacy, not respecting their personal boundaries. We often forget influencers are actual people and we need to treat them like actual people. You can't go and grab someone in the street, even though you've seen them online, because how would you feel if you were walking in the street and someone grabbed you and was like yelling your name? Like that's terrifying. Everyone needs privacy. Everyone needs that boundary. You don't want people knocking on your door, like your fans knocking on your door or some crazy guy stalking you. Like that is so terrifying. So there's definitely that huge lack of privacy. And even when you post like your college I've seen people posting their college in the dorms they stay in on TikTok. 
Like, that is basically your house. You are posting your house on social media, and someone can come find you. The wrong person can, and that's really scary. So that is a huge con. Another con, living your life for other people. I feel like this this can happen with some people, but some people are really their authentic selves, whether there's a camera there or not. But, you know, some people may do things just to get likes or just to get attention. Or they may, yeah, so they may do something just so people will say they like it or give their support. And I feel like that's really dangerous as well because then you're kind of developing this false personality, this false persona of yourself. And when the camera's not there, like, who are you really? So you want to make sure if you want to be an influencer that you live your life for yourself. You do what you would do normally without that camera there. Because I feel like that's a problem with a lot of influencers is that they seem either like really nice on camera and they're mean in real life or they just seem way more interesting than they actually are because they only talk about like the most special events in their life that most people only have like a couple times a year, you know, like only posting their vocation, only posting their vocations, only posting their vacations instead of just posting them lying on the couch, you know, reading like most people do. So that's definitely something to be aware of. I, so I mentioned I had my little influencer era and it was funny because my family was like calling me an influencer. They were like, oh, Mayla's an influencer. But I had this fashion TikTok account on, I had the fashion TikTok account and I would just post videos, you know, I'd be like styling my followers. I would post my daily outfits, you know, styling advice. And I think it had like 4,000 followers. And I actually posted this podcast on it. So maybe one of my followers that was on that account is listening to this episode right now. But if you follow that account or if you have somehow found it, I have stopped posting on it. I think I stopped posting on it like a year and a half ago. And there's a couple reasons why. Number one, it was just getting too much to post videos. Like, I remember I would post a video instead of doing my homework. And that's obviously not good to prioritize social media over my academics. Or I would, like, post a video instead of getting ready for something else that I had to do. Like, getting ready to go to volleyball practice. So, that definitely was getting to be a problem. And Also, people on the internet can be really mean. I remember I was wearing this outfit and, okay, to be fair, that outfit was actually really ugly. Like, I'm thinking about it and I'm actually shaking that my parents let me out of the house in that outfit. But it's okay because it was during COVID times, kind of, like, just after COVID. And so, actually, no, I think it, I think it was during COVID, but it was, like, it was the summer, I think it was the summer um, that COVID happened. So, like, COVID happened in March, and then it was the summer I was making those videos, and I think during the school year, too. I kind of forget, but I remember I stopped making videos around the time I, fo- I posted my first episode of and everything in between. So, that's kind of the timeline, but I remember it was, like, these really 
long purple shorts and they looked like straight out of the 80s. They went to my knees. They were like Bermuda shorts and I thought they were cute. I actually thought those shorts were cute and I wore this like pink, this blocked pink and purple like sweater vest. It was a really bad time for my style. I was a freshman in high school, okay? It was not good. Also, I had just discovered, oh god, I feel like everyone has this story, and this is kind of embarrassing, but I just discovered eyebrow tweezers, and so my eyebrows were, like, really thin, and they looked really weird, and thank god they're not like that. I remember just one day I woke up, and I was like, okay, what is this? Like, what are my eyebrows? And so then I stopped tweezing them, but they were really bad, and, like, it was just all those things, like my awkward teenage phase was definitely freshman year. So it was just all of that. And I got like this hate comment over my outfit. Someone said I look like a four-year-old. And that was like really, that like made me like, that actually made me get that feeling of being like punched in the gut. Like that's not even a really bad hate comment, but it just made me feel terrible about myself. And you know, the account, I looked at it, it was, like, some 19-year-old girl. Like, some 19-year-old girl is hating on a 14-year-old. Actually, I think I might have even been 13. So, that kind of just sums up being an influencer right there. Anyone will hate on you. You'll have adults, you'll be a 20-year-old, you know, wearing your outfit, going to a party, and you'll have these grown adults commenting on your outfit. Like, people come out of their dark crevices of their unsatisfactory lives and they will crawl out of that space just to bring you down but those hate comments can really get to you so just that hate comment there were a couple more too that I just did not like and I feel like people just don't understand that influencers are people just like you influencers are your best friend influencers are your mom influencers are your daughter or your son or your parent influencers are everyday people. Also, another reason I stopped posting on that account is when I was making videos, I would just like hyper fixate on a feature about myself because if you're like editing a video of yourself and you're watching yourself do these things, you kind of start to make fun of yourself in a way or critique yourself, critique some minuscule detail or just be like, why am I talking like that? Why am I acting like that? And just seeing myself, I was just, like, my self-confidence was not that good. And sometimes I want to make get ready with me's. Like, there's get ready with me's on TikTok where you, like, do your makeup routine or pick out an outfit or whatever. And I used to do that. I would pick out an outfit on camera. And it was really fun. But when I would watch the videos again, it's just got to the point where I was just critiquing myself and being too harsh on myself. And that's the main reason why I don't make TikTok videos now. Like, I really want to make those get ready with me videos, but I feel like I need to figure out a way where I'm not critiquing things about myself in the camera for me to do that. So that's definitely a reason why I stopped posting on it. But it was really fun, honestly. It was it was a fun thing to do, and I can definitely see why people love being an influencer because making videos, making them look super aesthetic, it's really fun. But sometimes when you become obsessed with the likes and the views and just posting a certain quantity of videos, 
you forget the actual joy that you find in creating content. And I feel like that's a universal thing among people who want to make videos or people who want to be influencers or just people on TikTok or any social media platform who make videos. And this hyperfixation on certain features of myself, this is why I don't listen. Like, I never listen to episodes of my podcast after I'm done filming. Like, I used to, for the first 10 or so episodes, I would go through and listen to the video, like, the full episode and edit the full episode. And now, I just remember, like, little timestamps where I made a weird sound or something and I want to delete it or I said something that I'm like, eh, that didn't really make sense, so I want to delete that. But that's the only time where I will go in and listen to myself talk to edit the podcast episode. After it's posted, though, I do not touch it. I don't play it again. I just don't like hearing my voice and I feel like I will judge myself. And that could be, the same could be said for making videos where I'm talking in them or I'm just in them. It's just really weird to see yourself from that third person perspective. So even when people around me are like just playing around, they play an episode of my podcast, it's like so embarrassing for me. I'm not embarrassed of what I'm saying. I just don't want to hear my voice. So that's probably a reason why I stopped posting on that account and just in general, it's really hard to see yourself from that third-person perspective. The next thing I want to talk about is what people don't realize about influencers. I already kind of mentioned this, but they create that online persona of themselves, and I call it... I think Emma Chamberlain had a podcast episode of her podcast um, called The Instagram Illusion. But it is so true. On Instagram, you can make yourself anyone you want to be. You can make yourself seem like you have your whole life together by posting, like, aesthetic photos and good lighting and just posting yourself. You know, your hair looks all nice. You have a nice outfit on. You look professional. Or posting updates, like, on my way to my job interview or on my way to my internship. Just little details like that that warp people's perceptions of you. So even though you could be in the deepest depression of your life, if you post those videos and post those photos on Instagram and TikTok, people will think, wow, they have their life together. And I feel like that's definitely part of the appeal that I was mentioning before, just the ability to create an online persona of themselves. But we just have to realize when we see influencers, we need to step back and say, you know what? There's no way all of this is real. Everyone goes through their dark times and they're probably not showing that to you on camera. Although some influencers do and that is definitely an advantage because they seem like normal people. Another thing, a lot of influencers promote without even realizing it, but they are promoting it. They promote overconsumption. I mentioned at the beginning of this episode how I was only going to get a few things from Ulta because I'm really trying to work on my overconsumption this year. It was kind of one of my New Year's resolutions and just in general, something I notice I struggle with. 
but a lot of influencers promote that overconsumption. You know, they make those videos and they're saying, you need this. Run, don't walk to this store. These products will make you look more beautiful. You know, they kind of use that, I don't know what you want to call it, that sort of mindset that makes you feel like, if I don't have this, I am less than I could be. If I don't have this, I'm inferior. Or if I don't have this, I'm missing out. They use that mindset against you. And a lot of them lie about products. Like, they will get a product and they don't really like it, but because they're getting paid by the brand to make a video about it, they will lie and say, oh, this is the best thing I've ever used. It's amazing. You need this. And then you buy it and you end up wasting your money on something you didn't even really want. You only got it because someone else was convincing you, kind of maybe even manipulating you into buying it. And, you know, saying manipulating, I get that's a strong word, but that is true for some influencers who just push the purchasing and consumption of brands that just aren't good, that you just don't need. And I've been trying to work on this. When I see a video of someone using something, I will look in the hashtags of the video and if it says like hashtag blah, blah, blah partner or hashtag ad or something like that, or if it says like partnership with at the company's name, I just ignore the video because unless it's an authentic review of a product, I'm just not going to waste my time watching that review and making myself buy something that I didn't really need. It's just damaging to my own overconsumption and it's just not worth it in the end. But I know I don't want to make it seem like all influencers are like this. All influencers post videos like this. All influencers are bad people. That's not true at all. Most influencers are genuine people. They're just like you and me, except they just post videos of their lives. So some of my favorite influencers who I really like are OK Callie, and that's her username on TikTok, and I think it's her username on YouTube as well. But I love her because she is so relatable, and I love her YouTube videos so much. And if she ever saw this podcast or listened to this podcast episode, I would just be so overjoyed. But I love her videos. I just think she's so authentic. And, you know, when she's going through like a depressive state or she's just going through a rough patch in her life, she doesn't try to pretend that everything's fine, you know? She's honest about it when she's not feeling confident. She's honest about it. And, you know, she makes me feel like it's okay to feel like this because someone else out there feels like it too. And I almost think of her as like an older sibling type of person because, you know, she went to law school and she lives in New York City, I think, right now. And I just like, I just get that authenticity about her that is genuine. Like, I know she's an authentic person. I know this is who she's actually like. And you don't get that with a lot of people. Another person, her name is Soleil Golden. And I just really love seeing influencers who are in school and influencing isn't their only thing, but they still do it anyways. And so I really like Soleil Golden. And then 
these two are sisters, and I'm pretty sure her name is Alyssa and Ablin. They're on TikTok, and I love their videos. They love their beauty videos, and they just seem like really, really nice people, genuine people. They don't have like a million followers, so it's kind of like a more small community of followers, I would say, but I really like them as well. And then this, her name is Kensington. I love her beauty video. She does like get ready with me videos. So those are my favorite influencers. And I just feel like what, what they all have in common is that they don't hide their emotions on the camera. You know, they don't try to pretend like their lives are always happy. They really show their personality on the camera, but it's, it's their actual personality from what I can tell. Like, they're not trying to force a personality. And so, I really appreciate that. And so, those are my favorite influencers. If you were looking for videos to watch, I really like them and I think they're really, they seem like really genuine people. I feel like a lot of the thing is that I was mentioning in the beginning of this video, and now I'm going to kind of elaborate on that, is people think influencers are out of touch with reality. And part of that, part of the shaming of influencers definitely stems from jealousy, you know. A lot of people are mad that they have this money, they have these products, they get these opportunities that other ordinary people don't get. But some of them are a little out of touch with reality. And I feel like that's de that's not really debatable. You know, people that make their living off of videos, they can be out of touch with reality because it's not like they have that typical job. So, in a sense, to a degree, yeah, I agree with that. They travel, they go on vacations, that's like the same thing, but they get to go to cool places that a lot of other people don't get to go to. So, yeah, some people, they definitely would say they're out of touch with reality and I would have to agree with that for a little bit. To a degree, I would agree with that. But I also think that sometimes we don't put ourselves in other people's shoes. So, people can think that influencers are exaggerating when they say their job is really hard. And, you know, I feel like being an influencer is definitely way easier than these other high-pressure jobs. But everyone has negative aspects to their career, even if they're an influencer. And so, let's just try to think about this from an unbiased perspective. Think about being an influencer, dealing with hate comments, keeping up with making videos even when you don't want to. Even when you're going through a dark time, you have to make videos to make money. And you're constantly on your phone. And I feel like a lot of people say, well, you know, they don't have to be doing these things. They could get a real job. But, you know, maybe there's some circumstance they don't, they can't get a real job. It's just college is too expensive, so they can't pay for it. Or they're making money to go to college or they're just, they don't know what to do for a real job, a real quote-unquote job. So, that's where people, I feel like, think influencers are out of touch with reality. When influencers complain about these things, people say, then just stop making videos. You know, I can't stop showing up to my job because then I'll get fired, but you can't get fired. So, if you don't want to do it, just don't do it. But I really feel like we shouldn't undermine people's experiences and people's feelings. We shouldn't invalidate their feelings and say, you know what, their job is so easy, they're just making this all up. 
Because if multiple people are saying this, then there can be that difficult aspect, especially with those hate comments. And maybe they've already built up their influencing careers so much that they can't stop making videos because then they wouldn't have a job. And this is like the best thing that's the best opportunity, the best option for them. But I feel like we just need to be a little easier on people who are going through a rough time maybe and they're saying they're struggling because everyone has struggles, you know, even the richest person in the world has struggles. Well, I'm thinking of Jeff Bezos, maybe not Jeff Bezos, but people who are really wealthy, people who seem like they have life on easy mode, everyone has struggles, even though they may be really small and insignificant compared to other people's struggles, everyone's feelings are valid. And so I feel like people are really quick to bash on influencers because they don't understand that they are actual real people with real feelings. So I feel like, you know, to an extent they're out of touch with reality, but also there are definitely cons to being an influencer that are talked about. And when they're talked about, people typically hate on them. And you know what, maybe someone, if you disagree with what I'm saying, you think, no, they are 100% out of touch with reality. They, when their feelings are invalid, whatever, you know, that's your opinion. But I don't know. That's just my opinion, my two cents on people who say that. I can agree, but I can also disagree. I feel like another problem that people have is they have these really high expectations for influencers and they think that they have to be activists. And I will say that I feel like if you have a large following and you believe in something, you can make a video about that. You should make a video about that, especially when social injustice is being done. But their whole page, if they are a beauty page, their whole page does not have to be for political activism because not only may they not know all the information about a subject, but they could be spreading false information. And spreading false information about something is just worse than not saying anything at all. So, again, I agree a bit. You know, if there's something they feel strongly about, they should make a video. They should say something because they need to write write the wrong. But their whole page doesn't need to be activism, you know? Especially if that's not their expertise, their area of expertise. Now, switching gears a bit, I want to talk about successful influencers because I've been talking about some cons, you know, ways that influencers may not be as successful, but here are traits, in my opinion, of a successful influencer. The number one thing is that they have to do something unique and new and fresh, something that hasn't been done before, but not crazy. Not crazy so that only some people would like that content and other people just be like weirded out. It has to be that perfect medium. The best example I can think of this is Emma Chamberlain. She made vlogs on YouTube. She kind of revolutionized YouTube into becoming a space where people upload vlogs. And she got really famous off of that. She is like, one of the most famous influencers because she came up with a unique and new concept for a social media platform that already existed, but it wasn't crazy. It wasn't like 
she was making skydiving videos because skydiving videos will only appeal to certain people. She's making vlogs that everyone can relate to. All teenagers can relate to them. Young adults can relate to them. They're enjoyable to watch. It's a new concept. No one's really done this before to the extent that she has, but it's not like she's doing anything weird or crazy, and it appeals to the masses. This is another thing. It has to appeal to the majority of people. You know, if Emma Chamberlain were to make vlogs of her, like I said, skydiving, that's only going to appeal to a small amount of people. But she was making vlogs of going to high school. That's going to appeal to every single teenager in the United States and in other countries, honestly. Just if you go to a high school that's relatively similar to an American high school, or even though it doesn't have like football games or whatever, but like the style of learning is relatively similar, you're going to be able to relate to Emma Chamberlain. And so I feel like that is how she got her success as an influencer, those two things. Also, people want to feel like they're friends with the influencer. So the more, and this is going to sound a little weird, but like the more vulnerable an influencer is on the camera, the more details they share about their lives, the more people will like them because it feels like they're friends with them. And that's what I was saying too. The reason I like those influencers that I follow that I mentioned before is because they share those details of their lives that makes it feel like they're not just a robot through the screen, but they're an actual person. They're like my friends. Not like, they're like, they're my friends. They're my only friends. But you want that, you want to feel like you're friends with the person. You want to feel like you know the person, even though you don't know them, but you feel like you do. That is definitely a key to success for being an influencer. Another thing, this may seem small, a little irrelevant, but it's true. The filming setup when you're making videos, having good lighting, making it look aesthetic, that is definitely very important to being an influencer. I've noticed that when people make, like, get ready with me's, they have really good lighting and the videos that have good lighting do significantly better than the videos that don't have good lighting or the videos that just look where the person is not in their best possible state. I, t I came up with a little saying to kind of summarize this idea, high maintenance to make things look low maintenance. Low maintenance, you are in a t-shirt, you just woke just rolled out of bed and you're getting ready. But you it's a high maintenance to get to that point. You combed your hair, you know, you have good lighting, you're wearing a t-shirt that isn't like some weird t-shirt that you got at a camp 10 years ago, but it's like a baggy t-shirt that's kind of cute. That's like making things look low maintenance, but it took a lot to get there. That's kind of what I mean by that. So that's definitely something that I notice a lot of successful influencers do. Another thing that you can't control, but unfortunately is very real and being a successful influencer, pretty privilege and white privilege. I've seen so many influencers rise to fame just because they're pretty. I mean, I've talked about this in so many other episodes, but there are so many advantages that society gives you that hand they get handed to you on a silver platter just for being attractive. 
you're less likely to get hate on social media, you're more likely to get support from other people, and your videos are just going to be pushed out to more people because TikTok pushes out the videos that they, it thinks other people will like. So if you're attractive, it thinks other people will like to see you on a camera. And I'll admit, I've liked videos just because the person is attractive. I'm like, wow, they're so pretty. So I like the video. That's literally the only reason why. It's not like they're doing anything revolutionary, but it's just part of how our brains work. And unfortunately, there are a lot less influencers of color than white influencers because, again, TikTok has this kind of racist mechanisms behind it where they promote white influencers' videos more than those of color's videos. And it's just really bad. It's just the mechanisms behind TikTok that are really just give people an advantage, an unfair advantage. You know, the playing field should be level, but fortunately, it's not. So that's what I think the factors that make an influencer successful or they they set them up for success more than others. Another thing, the last thing I want to talk about in this episode, this episode is really long. I did not expect it to be this long, but I don't know. I just had a lot to say is that a lot of influencers use the beauty filter on TikTok and they always have good lighting. The beauty filter kind of smooths your skin. It erases blemishes. Just looks like you have makeup on and you have like that perfect skin, but it's extremely misleading and it has long-term effects on people. Like I've been exposed to so many people who look like they have perfect skin that when I see my skin, which looks like a regular person's skin, I think that something is wrong with my skin, but nothing's wrong with it. It's just the way our minds work and we've been seeing these videos that have been pushed out to us that have the beauty filter on where people look like they have perfect skin. And the thing is, TikTok doesn't say when the beauty filter's on, so you don't know. Even people who promote skincare on their account may have the beauty filter on. They may have bad skin, but the beauty filter hides that. It's extremely misleading. I think it's really messed up that TikTok does that. And they really should say in the video, beauty filter on, like at the bottom of the screen so that people know, okay, this isn't what the person actually looks like. It's just getting out of hand. It's very misleading and you know, it just really does have that detrimental effect on our minds and our perceptions of ourselves. Also, the always having good lighting. People show, like, their makeup or their skin in the best lighting or their hair, but then you move to kind of that school lighting where it has those really bright fluorescent lights and you see they look like an average person. Not everyone looks like a supermodel in real life, even though they may look like it in front of the camera with the good lighting. So that's just something to keep in mind. Oh my god, this episode was very long, but I did enjoy talking about this. Um, And I hope that, I don't know, I don't really have anything to take away. Just a few of those things about just to be wary of. If you want to be an influencer, just be wary of that. and Be wary of things others are doing, that beauty filter specifically. Keep that in mind. But... I really enjoyed this episode. Thank you guys for listening and I'll see you next time.